Hello and welcome to Here's Where It Went Wrong, the podcast where every week we have on one of our favorite comedians to talk about its subject of their choosing, and we trace its history to find out exactly where it all went off the rails. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew Nadeau. Andrew, what are we talking about today? Today we are joined by Sorab F., who is one of my favorite comedians in Chicago ever. That's not even an overstatement. Uh, we've worked with him on Spitfire. Uh, I've had him on Cabin Fever. He is so good. I was so glad he could join us today. I enjoyed his set so much when we had him on Spitfire. I miss doing shows, too, just in general. I know. By the way, he, he wrote for Complex. He's played at clubs all over Chicago. He also was on the stand-up NBC, uh, which is just amazing. If you want an idea of how great his stage presence is, like, for one, he, he was on uh, Showcase NBC, which was Cool as hell. But our show is a hot sauce-based show where people will do shots in the middle of their set of hot sauce and try to continue doing comedy while their mouths were burning. And he came out there with a basket of chicken fingers and fries and was just casually dipping his the whole time. And just like, just what a flex to put on this, like a bunch of white guys to just be like dipping in hot sauce and eating <laughs> and just casually doing... A killer set. The set was so good. It was amazing to watch. <laughs> it was. It was one of those things where, honestly, I, I felt, I mean, I was relatively new in comedy, and I was like, I cannot believe I'm getting to be on stage with Sorab right now. Uh, so it was amazing. We had him on today to talk about the history of California and the gold rush. He also was just knew way too much about the Civil War, so he gave us some fantastic tie-ins there. We cover how people got over to California in the first place, the horrible stuff that happened when they got there, the price of eggs, which, by the way, was insane. You would not believe it, and you got to listen to hear it. Eggs, oysters, bacon, like, the, people were paying, like, fucking three grand for cups of water. Uh, but don't worry, guys, because we're also going to get into the invention of jeans. So, fuck it. Let's get into it. So, Rev, uh, thank you so much for coming on. So uh, what was it you wanted to talk about today? Uh, ladies, period. Yeah. I mean, it's a popular topic. Oh, perfect. Where did those go wrong? Let's let's ruin our entire podcast <laughs> today. <laughs> I feel so unqualified for this. Uh, <laughs> I would just start. love if wrong someone start. explained them to me. I don't quite. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that they're wrong. I just want someone to tell me all the things I don't know, which is so much. And I refuse <laughs> to read a book. I refuse to read a book. We're not helping anybody with this show. <laughs> Look, I want to go back real quick to the clap sync to make sure that all of our audios lined up. Because I think that was the best clap sync we've ever had. I think everyone actually like clapped at the same time for the first time in this podcast history. So here's the thing for the audience who doesn't know, we, we hit record and then we do the, the, we clap at the same time so we can line up in editing. And there was a slight delay on my end. So I am always one and a half seconds early, including this time. I have just trusted it's right because our editor has not said anything to me. So I'm glad on your end, it came out perfect when. <laughs> on my end, it was gorgeous. Like you could not have like all three men clapping in perfect unison is there <laughs> anything better in the world yes but fuck it i don't care god our bar is so low today <laughs> it's been a fucking week man my car died it fully it died because it was negative 20 degrees the other day and it turns out that's not good for car batteries when you park them outside where are you <laughs> are you in um nova scotia canada and we're in chicago classic chicago you were on We've met. 
What? We have hung out in Chicago. <laughs> you have done our show. I'm just kidding. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I haven't gone outside. I didn't really notice. Yeah. It's nuts out there. We are in Mad Max territory. The, the snow, like, has gone up to my hips at one point. To my hips. I mean, that's the standard measurement that America is using, by the way, now. is How many hips, how many when's hips tall is it? <laughs> I'm the king of America and we use my hips as a measurement system. <laughs> Do you have like a yard and stuff or are you just like in an apartment? I'm just in an apartment. I am, I am not a fancy lad with a yard at all. <laughs> so this, this is sidewalk hip measurement here. No, it, it has been, it has been absolutely insane here and, and freezing. I feel bad that uh, I haven't noticed. I mean, I noticed. <laughs> I just didn't have a my apartment. But yeah, well, you've got the heat. I mean, we're doing okay here. Obviously, Texas, our hearts go out to you. You're having a much harder time right now. Obviously, Chicago at least is, is prepared for this because we do this every year for some reason. Have y'all seen the photo of the ceiling fan in Texas? Yes, with the... With like the two foot icicles. Yeah, there's a there's a picture of a ceiling fan and it's covered in ice and like the ice is like coming down in icicles. It looks like if Mr. Freeze was going through a divorce and was living in an apartment. Like he had to make do with this as his lair. God, that is a really apt description. Uh, no, I mean, so the, the photos are... It's I a mean, it's, it's, it's scary. scary, yeah. It's absolutely wild. So I took Twitter off of my phone in order to protect my brain. Yeah, good call. And so I went on there today and like was just like, Ted Cruz did fucking what? Right. Oh, my God. He left the country. <laughs> <laughs> Which you shouldn't be doing anyway because of COVID, but also, like, you're supposed to be running Texas here. Yeah, like, he's a representative for Texas. He's not, like, the governor, but he still could do something. He kind of blamed his kids, which make, made me like him. I know. <laughs> he didn't kind of blame his kids. He was just like, my daughter, the school's out, and my daughters really wanted to go to Cancun. And, like, his daughters are 10 and 12. It's like, yeah, I really want to go to Tattoo. <laughs> I'd give him a campaign donation if he was like, this, this little, these little shits wouldn't shut up. And I just had, if he, like, if he would have... <laughs> like gone all in on blaming his kids i would have loved it. <laughs> his daughters are 10 and 12 they were not like father can we go to cancun that's fucking <laughs> insane ted cruz makes a tv appearance he's smoking a cigarette he's like guys listen the wife wouldn't shut up the kids wouldn't shut up i had to take them <laughs> he said like his daughter and their friends so like he went and then he was like, I always planned on coming back the next day. And I mean, that's fucking worse. You flew over there to drop off a bunch of preteen girls and then you <laughs> flew back? You fucking psycho? Imagine how mean the preteen girl party at Ted Cruz's house is. They're probably so mean. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the things they say to him. Like, preteen girls are fucking frightening. All children, all teens, preteens and teens, I don't want to fuck with a single one of them. Have you heard how Gen Z talks about us. Like, it's, it fucking hurts. Like, they're not wrong. I've never been hurt by that because it's very cute when they do it. Because yeah. like, I've, never, I've never been, like, annoyed. I'm always like, oh, it's adorable. Honestly, here's the thing. Like, I, I've been finding out, like, I'm wearing the wrong jeans and I kind of feel like I'm okay with that. Honestly, the things that they're so hurtful about are just, one, they're funny. And two, they're not things I put any effort into. It's hard to feel bad when I'm trying so little. I saw a thing where it was just like, here's my impression of a millennial. I'm having such a hard time adulting today, I guess because it's I'm a Hufflepuff. And I was like, fuck, that, that just fucking leveled an entire generation of people. God, to be fair, yeah. those people were always annoying. Oh, right. <laughs> but there's so many of us in that group that do that. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm looking forward to just Gen Z continuing to destroy this. I especially like it, too, because, you know, 
this is going to happen to them with the next generation. I and <laughs> it happens to every generation. No one can avoid it. You're a fucking embarrassment to the generation that's going to come after you. And you're going to have to live with that. It's what we did, too. I just think I hope they're, they're still at the age where they don't know it's coming yet. <laughs> but honestly, good for you, Gen Z. You're doing a great job rightfully tearing us apart. <laughs> yeah, keep keep insulting Ted Cruz to his daughters. You guys are giving him a lot of credit. I mean, it's <laughs> a little annoying. Whether we want to get on Gen Z's good side, I don't want to come after me. They're a bunch of dum-dums. <laughs> We're all a bunch of dum-dums. Have you seen us? We're doing this right now. People are dying. <laughs> this is, yeah, consistent middle ever. Yeah, but it's... I. I, I, I'm encouraging the younger generation because I didn't do anything. But we actually have a topic for today, too. So uh, I, I talked with Sora before I wanted to cover, and he had mentioned Deadwood was the first thing. And I thought that was a great idea. Haven't seen it, but also you Wild West. It? No, I, I didn't have to. I had to research for this. I had to research California Gold Rush Wild West. What are you watching with your free time? Honestly, it's nothing good. Could not even name a show right now. <laughs> There's so much content. Everything is content. It's too much. It's Only just on like, all the time. But 5% of it is actually objectively good. I'm, oh, yeah, very little. Yeah, but a lot of times you don't want to watch something that's objectively good. Yeah. <laughs> That it requires mental effort. I want to watch the thing where it's like I, I'm just kind of sitting there and it's happening near me. You guys are killing uh, at, uh, entertainment. We make this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to side with Christopher Nolan and Martin Scorsese who think that um, streaming is killing the film. Yeah, we're making a terrible impression right now. <laughs> Not everything can be a steak dinner. Sometimes you want McDonald's, you know? Like sometimes that's exactly what you're in the mood for. Yeah, and for. then you're going to get diabetes and they're going to take your leg. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Do it. It's what am I doing? I'm, I'm not leaving my apartment in a year. Uh, take my legs. I'm not running. Are you fucking kidding me? Neither of you guys have seen Deadwood? I'm a big fan of how Ian McShane swears. Is that Does that count as watching Deadwood? He swears really great. He's turned it into an art form. I do want to prep you audience that the topic for today was not Deadwood. It, it was uh, the, the gold rush. It wasn't. And I didn't say, it's, it's, I'm not an idiot. I graduated college. It's not like you asked me to do this podcast and I just screamed out. What I said <laughs> no, no, you, was, you said Civil War era. I you said, said I'm fascinated I, by the Civil War my, era. It's a fascinating thing I'm really into. And then uh, you pitched Gold Rush. And then I said, that's a good idea. I didn't just scream Deadwood. <laughs> No, <laughs> it was a well thought out response of an actual very fascinating era. And then here's the thing. I tested a Deadwood because it was like, oh, I don't know anything about this. I need to go go read stuff. So, yeah, so we, we ended up with with Gold Rush. We figured we'd get into some history of the Wild West here. But but right. So Reb is the smartest person here. I think That's not true. Don't, that worry, don't, come on. Don't say that. I did. It took me five years to graduate college. <laughs> so, Reb, do you want to be the smart one or the dumb one? Because you are straddling that fence pretty hard right now. You're like, I watch artistic films, and I dunk on Wynn for his McDonald's love, but also I don't want to be the intellectual. Come on. Pick a side. Pick a side. I like that you said uh, Gold Rush, because like everything that happened in that era was like molded by that. Because that shit was so great. It just like industrialization and like these yeah. little towns that started popping up. And like you had to set up like systems of government before the United States actually could come in and like take it over. It's fascinating stuff. Also that the gold rush changed so much because a lot of states like were becoming or a lot of territories were becoming states, which by the time the Civil War hit was super important. 
because they needed to figure out if new states were going to be either slaveholding or non-slaveholding. So it was like every new state like made the war happen. It's uh, it's crazy shit. It's fascinating shit. American history is the coolest history of any country, and I will take that shit. Well, all right, I am from Iran, okay. so let's not. There's not that me, much of it. I will. That's that's why I was going to clean it up. American history in the 200 years it's been around is the most fascinating shit that's I think ever happened in the world. But like ancient history is, you know, you can't touch like fucking like Rome and like ancient Persia and all that shit. That stuff rules. Like ride elephants oh, yeah, in no. war and like. Yeah, crucifixions and fucking boiling people alive and shit. Yeah, that rules too. The United States is here for a good time, not a long time, you know? <laughs> it was a fascinating time. And usually whenever we do a history episode, it, it's kind of like the good is the fact that it's interesting and, and really fascinating to, to learn about because it's mostly just bad stuff that happened or at least the, the effect you know, of so much people it dwell, was. People like, it's easy to dwell on like the bad stuff, but we also like, I don't know, like it, there's a lot of growth in there too. Like even if you want to look at like the Civil War and be like, you know it's like hard to be fascinated by the civil war because it's so like at every turn you're like it's morally reprehensible but also how we kind of came together as a nation and we're like yeah maybe we shouldn't do this and like we're willing to fight a war on that is kind of like inspiring also you think about there's only like two generations between the end of the civil war and like the civil rights movement that's kind of fascinating too where it's like that's kind of like that things happen fairly quickly in america I mean, they can always yeah, happen I mean, faster. But To give you an idea of just how short America's lifespan has been, I think I read somewhere that, like, Joe Biden has served with, like, 25% of all senators ever. That is insane. <laughs> like, think about any, like, all senators to ever serve in America, Joe Biden, like, has personally served with a very large percentage of them. And it, it, and to put it another way, the last child of an American slave died in our lifetime, like recently. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that is, it's it's strange because it's this combination of, oh, this was so long ago, but also this was so recent too. And I think that is because America is so young that when you go back to the beginning, it feels like it was a long time ago, but no, it, it, it really wasn't. And they keep like, kind of like changing the goggles. You got to like look through it because like things are like happening. Like we're sure. like not as dumb as we used to be. I feel like yeah. this happened it, it, right between when you asked me to do this podcast and now I love love the Ken Burns Civil War documentary. I fucking love that shit. I've seen it like eight times. I don't know every word, but I know there's like, when they'll go into certain segments, I'm like, oh, I know this part. I fucking love that shit. But I'm also reading, I, for the first time in my life, I'm reading this like huge book on the Civil War. And the book is a like a bummer. The book is a lot of like, <laughs> the book is a lot of like introspective, like looking in as the, at a country and being like, this is a horrible shit that we did that was like brutal. And like, here are the, like the actual population of people who thought it was bad. And here's the people who just went along with saying it was bad because it was in their best interest. You know what I mean? And then like right. the people who held slaves and the people who didn't care and didn't hold slaves, but it was in their best interest that the South had slaves, so they were pro-slavery. And then, like, I don't know, it, like, goes into, like, Lincoln and, like, looks at some of the shitty things he says and then, like, kind of paints this picture of, like, the dude just said what he needed to say to survive politically, but also he was trying to look out for the country, you know, what he thought was best. But anyway, what I'm getting to is the documentary is much more, like, rosy and, like, this. It, you know what it is? It goes out of its way to be, like, chivalric and, like, look at these dudes, like, performing their duty and honor and, like, you know, it kind of even, like, I'm not, I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, shit on Ken Burns. And this is coming from a dude who loves that documentary or, or until I looked sure. at it. 
But like it even does like God, who's the southern um general Stonewall? St- no, 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 the main uh yeah, General Robert E. Lee. Robert it, E. Lee. It like yeah. kinda like doesn't make him look like an asshole. Like it's like, you know, it, it, there's even a few passages where they're like he didn't hold slaves and he like didn't necessarily love it, but he was fight you know, he's trying to defend Virginia. But the book is like, nah, the dude like the dude came from slave money. He he freed his slaves very late into the war and he like right. was not like you know, he wasn't by any means like a forward thinking person at the time. Yeah, people try to be like, he even said we shouldn't make Confederate statues. And people are like, oh, wow, Robert E. Lee was pretty progressive. And it's like, fuck no, he was the general for the Confederacy. I will say that statement is fairly on. That's a smart thing to say. It's not like the guy didn't that was say. That's a smart thing to say. It's not like the guy didn't say smart things and was a fascinating human being. But you can still also judge him on like what he did and be like, yeah, let's not maybe celebrate <laughs> him too much. Like, but either way, that's not what we're talking about. I'm trying to say that the Ken Burns Civil War documentary, I've been reading about it and they're like, oh, it, it does this thing where it tries to make the Civil War glamorous when reality it should be shown as like terrifying and like look at how we got past it as a country. So you got to like, I don't know. It's interesting that like, I think we're getting into a stage where we're not going to look at the Wild West and the Gold Rush and think it was like awesome and cool. We're going to be like, oh, right. that was kind of fucked up. We're going to do that in this podcast, actually. So yeah. Andrew, <laughs> get us get us started. What's what's the history? Yeah, well, I, I think as an important perspective to take is that things can be terrible, but also fascinating. And that is what the Gold Rush was. So let's start with a little bit of California history. And I'm just going to breeze through that because this is the first Europeans to explore the California coast were members of this Spanish sailing expedition led by uh, Captain Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo. And he arrived in San Diego Bay on September 28th, 1542. At this point, you know, obviously it starts being developed by the Spanish pretty heavily, despite the fact that they think it's an island for 200 years. All right, you're kind of dunking on it. Come on, <laughs> It's man. good. I mean, yeah, man, they're they're walking around this place for 200 years and it's still appearing they're on- They're writing maps just based on walking around. That is so <laughs> impressive to me in general. Honestly, that actually is. I mean, the map making was a fascinating thing. At what point are you like, okay, this is a continent? You know, <laughs> like at, at what point of walking are you like, I haven't seen water in like nine days. Can we say that this is a continent now or? Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, you're, you're right. I mean, the cartography was absolutely fascinating, but yeah, we're going to dunk on pretty much everyone here because there's a lot that went wrong. So obviously the Spanish start building this up during the same time, the Spanish military built forts in three small towns, two of which would become Los Angeles and San Jose. Do you think that those people like actually built those forts and they're like one day? Avengers movies are going to be made right here. <laughs> that was absolutely the goal of Spanish conquest. He uncorks his thing. He takes a big sip and he's like, this would be good for uh, the Hulk. This is great for the Hulk. <laughs> God, we're going to make so many superheroes and pornos here. This is going to be amazing. Give it 500 years. This place is going to fucking blow your mind and ruin your life. God, California's legacy has changed a lot since this story has started. <laughs> so... 1821, you've got the Mexican War of Independence, which gave uh, Mexico independence from Spain, and that included California. So during this time of of, uh, California's advancement, they have uh, John Marsh, who's one of California's biggest ranchers. He thinks Mexico isn't doing enough to keep squatters off his land, and with the territory being unstable, uh, which it is as as Mexico is, is trying to regulate itself at the moment here, and this is an extending territory, there's evidence that the Russians and French and English were all preparing to seize the province, which would likely mean losing his land. So March decides 
realize that California should become part of the U.S. So he begins this massive letter-writing campaign going across the country and in papers about why he should settle there. He shared the best routes. He invited immigrants to stay on his ranch, which was strange given all of his complaints. So wait, his plan was like, if I invite enough white people here, then eventually we have to just say it's America. I mean, that was basically it. He thought if he could bring people over that it would have enough appeal for the U.S. to try and claim the territory. I'm, I wonder if it was like um, what like immigrants like I'd be interested. I'd be interesting to know if it was like what part of Europe like you think Minnesota, you, you think um, Scandinavia, uh, yeah, Scandinavian yeah. or like Chicago's Polish or like, you know, like a lot of German in St. Louis. Actually, here's the thing. It, it had a mild effect. But at this point, California is still relatively small and he's pulling from the, from the East Coast. So there, there's a, a good mix there. But it obviously is is working. It holds appeal to America. And also in 1846, and you've got a group of the American settlers around Sonoma who rebelled against Mexican rule in the Bear Flag Revolt. But then you have the Mexican-American War. And this is when everything really started to shift and when obviously March is, is kind of primed it for this. It's not like, a, I, feel, I don't feel like he accomplished too much at this stage. It's more like it, it's ready for what comes next. So the military occupation began in Northern California. Uh, that lasted about a month. Uh, war ended in 1848. California became a state. In 1846, the population had been estimated to be less than 8,000 settlers and uh, 1,000 indigenous people, which, by the way, was one-third. No, 100,000 indigenous people. Oh, did I say 1,000? 100,000 indigenous people, which is one-third of what it was uh, before we started getting there. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, the where it went wrong is almost always colonization and racism, but that's a very large topic uh, that would make this a very depressing episode. So we want to acknowledge it, but we also want to entertain you. So it's obviously the worst, but there's a lot of other stuff we're going to cover. So let's focus on the gold. <laughs> on the gold. <laughs> so in 1848, one week before the official American annexation of the area, gold is discovered in Sutter's Mill outside of Sacramento. What happens next? Well, pretty much at this point, after that gold is discovered, no one hears about it. It, it was discovered in 1948, but you have to remember, they were out in California and they're trying to be like, hey guys, in, you know, Washington, there's gold over here. That message takes a year to arrive. It, it takes a really long, and not only that, but Sutter, whose mill this was found on, wants to keep it quiet and manages to for a few months because he has these same concerns about squatters and figures if everyone comes in, he's going to lose his land. And he was right. By, by the way, he nailed that one. <laughs> he was 100% right. He, he should have just been mining as much gold as he could get his hands on while, like, before word got across the country, which was months. He had plenty of time to mine a lot of fucking gold here. So one of the guys that got the, the uh, message out is this guy, Brannon, who's a, who's a newspaper magnate, or at least, you know, the equivalent of the time in California. And he leaks the news. And before doing that, he buys up all of the mining supplies in everywhere, everywhere around him. And he opens a store right next to Sutter's Mill. What a dick. <laughs> he absolutely is. In, and the the shift in the value of money is insane in this whole process. Gold is worth $20 per ounce at the time. Most miners only found 10 to $15 worth of gold dust a day, which is about $350 in today's money. But flour went from $4 a barrel to $1 a pint, which is, uh, you know, 30 today. It's a rest of in today's money. Butter is a $550 a pound. Eggs were $80 each. $80 each for eggs? 
$80 per egg. You're telling me that an omelet would be $240? It's actually, there There became a food that, that was kind of the, uh, became the food of prospectors when they succeeded because uh, there was a signature gold rush dish because when a guy struck it big in Hagtown, he went in and said, give me the most expensive thing you can make me. And it was a fried egg with bacon and oyster. Okay, the oyster is just to, to fucking flex on people. It's because eggs had to be delicately transported. Oysters had to be shipped from San Francisco on ice. Bacon, which had to be brought all the way from the East Coast. And the thing is, it wasn't just the, the gold rush that, you know, it blew up there. It meant people were leaving from everywhere else. That all of these industries that were strong. So there's, there's massive inflation because they can, because people are here and they need supplies. But also there's no balance anymore. That this was starting to build as an agricultural society. And all of a sudden people are abandoning their farms to come mine for gold. So people are making $350 a day, hopefully. They're they're making enough to be the equivalent of $350 a day. But Sam Brannon, who opened his little shop next to Sutter's Fort, made $55,000 a day. Yeah, insane money. What's this guy's name? That was Sam Brannon, which does not sound like it should be a name. It sounds like a fake name for sure. It sounds definitely like, like like an author's first pass on a character's name in a book. But yeah. <laughs> $55,000 a day, everyone else is fighting over their fucking 350 And this guy isn't mining for gold. He's just bought all the supplies and is handing them out to people. Is he? I, I did not read that much on Brandon. I, I read about what he did. But I mean, he was he was considered the richest person in California at the time. He could have had so many bacon, egg and oyster breakfasts. <laughs> yeah, he uh, that all went to sh- that's all shady Mormon money. We don't have anything against the Mormon faith. The guy was just like, hey, the golden tablets were from the California gold rush. Just just... The Mormons uh, began to colonize that area. Yeah, the, the development of that area was hit by so many uh, different groups and that this was yeah you're right that the mormons came in obviously as people came in from the east as well but i can just totally imagine the indians being like oh fuck the mormons (laughs) who are these fucking dorks what i found interesting too was how people got here because there's this imagery of people coming you know uh, in wagons across the you know the whole country which which did happen and by the way as long as we're on this price gouging too people came out with barrels of water from the West, knowing that people were not going to have packed enough supplies and were charging up to $100 a cup of water, which is a little less than $3,000 in today's money. How many people did that kill? Barrel water, old barrel water. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of death just in the trying to get here part. So the ones that, that decided they couldn't do that were sailing down either all the way around South America because the Panama Canal doesn't exist yet. So you're telling me you're going to have to work 10 days mining gold to pay back that cup of water you had on the trip? Yes. The numbers here are insane. Life fucking sucked back then. It it did. And the ones that aren't going on this trip, they or don't think they can go all the way around South America, they go to Panama and then take a week journey by canoe and donkey across. And then was 1880s, I think. Someone's going to need to Google that. I said that with a lot of confidence. Uh, it was uh, construction started in 1881 and it was taken over by the United States in 1904. But we gave it okay. back. But if, 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 I don't know when we gave it back. We did give it back. Yes. I mean, eventually. eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a little long. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to turn this into, I'm not Tucker Carlson. I'm not trying to defend yeah. him. Right. <laughs> they, they could probably give it back ceremoniously in like the 80s. And we're like, sorry. I was very mad that we took away the Panama Canal. But what people fail to realize is 
we gave it back. <laughs> my Tucker Carlson's like my one impression. We gave it back. We so, put it on TV. Garth Brooks was there. It was fine. So yeah, before all of this, people are just crossing Panama, my donkey and canoe, and then waiting on the West Coast, hoping that a ship comes by with some room that they can afford that's strong enough to make the journey to California. And then when the ships get there, they're just abandoned because everyone is coming to California for gold. In fact, a lot of of this city is built out of the ship of the wood that was was abandoned in these ships. There there was <laughs> there was so little structure. People just like, oh yeah, this is here. I guess I guess we're just gonna go with with this. And that was how so much of the gold rush manifested with, I, I guess we're going to try it and maybe this is going to work. And, you know, sometimes it did. That's kind of just how America is, man. It's kind of what all, like all of American history is, is like, let's fucking try this, man. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one thing about the price gouging notes that you sent that I love the most is that you wrote restaurant prices in San Francisco were actually not far out of line with restaurant prices in San Francisco today, but it was still <laughs> twice as much on the East Coast. So like what they managed to do was to be like, oh, people in San Francisco will pay anything for a trendy restaurant. And that's never changed. <laughs> I was mad you were trying out your monologue jokes on me. <laughs> <laughs> John Stewart, I wrote all of my packets about news from the 1800s. Is that is that what you wanted, John Stewart? Yeah. <laughs> God, that was a stressful day. <laughs> oh yeah, we're definitely going to cover the John Stewart packet later. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so this is this is the the life that is is being built here. Maybe you're going to get a little money. Everything is going to cost a whole lot, and and nobody knows anything. But but let's get on to the the gold mining. Uh, so, Rob, do you have anything on that? I do know that, like, a lot of it was, like, from the very little that I know, it was, like, a lot of, like, organized crime back then. Because, like, yeah. I hate to bring up Deadwood because it was, like, watching that show. And I was, like, I wonder how much of – because I know all the characters in that show are based on, like, real people. So I looked into it. And one of the dudes, the, the guy you like to hear curse, he was, like, a the boss. He's, like, a political boss. That's what they called it, like, back in that era. Because you like you see old newspapers where they'll be like, oh, there's bossism or like that's how politics works in Chicago. There's like a like a guy who runs everything. So like there was a lot of that. And I do know that they would like scam people and be like, oh, we'll sudden sell you this like plot of land that you can like look for gold on. But I also don't know how much of that like applies to California, because I wonder if you can just go anywhere and just look for gold or if you had to buy the plot of land first. Well, it started out with just people focusing on the area around Sutter's Mill because they're like, that's where the gold was found. So that's where we're going to start. They would buy a claim, right? At this point, you could actually stake the claim without paying for it because all of the land was public because it was in this transition period of being coming over to America. You know, it's not made a state for two years. It wasn't like a local big shot that they had to like pay money to to like go get like a claim, right? Well, there there was still that conning in, in the sense that there could be those people. They had to find a claim. And if someone had a large claim, they could sell it off because the, the rule of the land, I mean, all this was unofficial, but the rule of the land was you held a claim as long as you worked it. Oh, yeah, so that's someone, right. That's right. I do remember that too. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people had, had a claim and they would say, Hey, there's, you know, there's some good stuff over here. I can sell you this claim. And then so, there's a lot of stuff where like, it looks like you have gold, but you actually don't like, it's just exactly. like gold flake or if it's like runoff from like, cause a lot of it was like near water sources, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. No, they're, they're panning uh, in, in the American river for, for the most part. I mean, rivers all, all around, but the American is a, a large source of this. And yeah, th this is where it all 
starts uh, in the river. And at this point, a lot of people are just panning on the surface, but that kind of stops working pretty quickly because you can find that easily. So it, it starts being developed more where they start needing to dig 20 to 40 deep down and then digging tunnels out from there, hoping to hit into a vein. So at this point, the panning or, or the, the mining in general is very much you do it until you're sure there's nothing there as quick as you can, and then you move on and find a new claim. Have you guys seen the, There Will Be Blood? Yes. Of course. For like first like 20 minutes where he's fucking mining and he breaks oh, yeah. his leg and he has to fucking crawl out of there. Yeah. Life and sucked back then. <laughs> another, another great film moment about mining for gold, if you haven't watched it, is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I, I, it's, a uh, great, it's a great movie. Yeah, the Tom Waits section of that movie is fucking fantastic. Well, have you guys seen The Sisters Brothers? I have no. not, but I know it's on Hulu, so I'll check that out. We're really plugging a lot of uh, we need to get more money for for the things we plug. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we're the only people sponsor. who've talked about the Sisters Brothers probably since John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix were promoting the Sisters Brothers. We started this podcast about how we only watch bad TV and are now trying to get a Hulu sponsorship <laughs> for promoting their shows. This all started, uh, as we all know the, that this started in 1849, which led to the, the 49ers. They were originally called the Aronauts, correct? Yes. Uh, the, the Argonauts is, yeah, the, the slang that's given to them for the searching for gold, as in Jason and the Argonauts Golden Fleece. Yeah, like Jason and the Argonauts looking for the Golden Fleece. They were originally called the Argonauts, and they just became the 49ers. And the 49ers didn't let into what was known as the bloody 50s god i mean it aptly name and intense immediately people just start killing each other over this little bit of gold and the thing is is that california is so like america's big guys you have to realize that america is a very big country people will fly over here and they think that they can hit up new york and disney world in the same day because that's how it kind of is in europe like, America's so fucking big that, that, like, you can't get news from one side of the country to the other. So California right. <laughs> isn't set up really underneath. Like, they're being annexed into America, but they're not really listening to whatever Washington has to say. They're only controlled by the military. They have basically just a, a complete military state. and But so many people start getting murdered for gold that they're like we have to set up some kind of state government here we have to set up our own government to be able to like get any of this under fucking control and, and here's the thing so, so 1850 california becomes a state and the other territories that were developed at the time they don't start becoming states until like 1910 i think was was arizona or nevada this was land that they've held this whole time the turnaround to make california a state was massive and so quick because they just wanted to try and get control of this land and here's the thing it's not been a lot good here but i feel like we should make this the where it went wrong because where it, it really went wrong is not in the california becoming a state but desperate scrabble here uh, to get a piece of this and this is where it, it really starts to fall apart. And there is, is so much destruction around here. There were like some economic depressions that were happening in America and like the other parts. So I think people were there kind were. of like looking. I think we had a, a depression in um, I think the 40s, 1840s. It's, I mean, there, there were uh, aspects around America that were suffering, which brought even more people out to the gold rush and also contributed to the economic depression in their areas because there was no one left to work the lands to, to contribute to help to build up those areas. The yes. panic of 1837. Yeah, I was about to there, say, oh. the panic of 1837 that led to the depression of the 1840s. So... Yeah, it's it's this very strange juxtaposition of how California is growing while the rest of America is kind of falling apart. Again, we're right before the Civil War here, too. This is is this 
unique section that is is somehow growing so rapidly no one quite knows how to prepare for it so it's just pulling everyone in who thinks they might have a chance of escaping everything else that's going on in america and not only that environmentally this is a terrible time because you got all these people moving in and they can't just like reach into rivers and pull out gold anymore so they actually invented hydraulic mining yeah i mean this is also coinciding this is how it is with every one of, of the big episodes where it's a major event. It's that so much is happening in the world at once that just matches up. So this is happening during the Industrial Revolution. Charles Darwin, I think, wrote the famous book. Origin of Species. Yeah, that came out in like 1840. I mean, yeah, this is there was a, a lot of intellectual growth at the time. That's some fun like bar talk in like uh, San Francisco in 1840. You're hammered. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is assholes saying, <laughs> hey, guys, guess what I did this morning? I ate a fucking egg. And then they're like, get him. <laughs> Kill that guy. He ate an egg. He's rich. He's rich beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> it was. I think there were like uh, co- like comics in the 1840. Like you see this Darwin guy. You guys hear about this? <laughs> I would have been murdered day one as a comedian in the Wild West. <laughs> But actually, the entertainment industry is booming in California this time. Basically, people that have decided to go to California to take advantage of the people going there for gold made money. If you opened a shop, if you opened a restaurant, if you had a brothel, entertainment uh, as well, these were all huge industry. And one of the things that was interesting was this population is so densely male, uh, ranging from, you know, 97% to 92% as it developed. Do you think they were like kissing each other? That in fact, in San Francisco, this is one of the earliest examples of, uh, in America of a thriving gay culture. That's incredible. It, it was, it was in fact, uh, called the city of bachelors. And obviously San Francisco has done that so strong today and continued this, this pride so well. I was just kidding around, but they really were kissing. Huh? There, there were. <laughs> wait, wait, what of bachelors? The city of bachelors? The city of bachelors with San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is amazing. That's a club over in uh, Michigan City, Indiana. Is it really? (laughs) I would love that if that was true. Can you fuck? Like, that's such a great history for San Francisco. Like, people just went to mine, and while they were there, they're just like, hey, we're away from the law that hates us. Let's just make the best gay town we can. And everyone else is like looking at it from the outside, just being like, oh, look at all those eligible bachelors who are all hanging out together. Yeah. <laughs> ladies, ladies, you want to get over there? These men are rich and they are single. <laughs> well, but San Francisco grew from a population of about 200 to like 150,000 over a period of like 20 years. It grows so massively. And yeah, the, the culture there really developed uh, in, incredibly well it was great to see some good stuff happening here that is a good thing yeah in in their defense holy shit they made a city of bachelors i love it you know what other cities like other cities uh gold rushes were like a lot like i think we're a lot grosser because california's weather is nice so they got all the <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think like if like the i'm sure that like the montana gold rush was probably fucking so brutal <laughs> oh so god much yeah it's probably I'm so much that- less like a uh, fun kissing and so much more like stamp. <laughs> there was actually, though, because it was so hot there, uh, America was fairly comfortable just not showering. And the indigenous people rightly thought we were disgusting. They're like, that we got rivers everywhere. 
you're standing in a river. You don't want to like wash something, but they're like, no, I'm going to go like two months here without showering. Oh, what a bummer for the the ladies who had to work at the brothel. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope those women were well paid. I hope those women were eating eggs every morning that they were so well paid. In fact, here's another interesting part. This is one of the only times in American history where women were paid more than men for doing equivalent jobs. Fuck yes. Because men came over there and were like, cool, I'm in California. I do not know how to turn on a stove. So the few women that were there were getting jobs cooking. They were getting jobs as as seamstresses and making far more than men could at the time. And they were also getting jobs out working because men just wanted company from women. So yeah, women were were getting paid well. In fact, there was one woman who said she made $18,000 and again, 1850 money baking pies. Man, that's Sam Brennan price gouging money right exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> and that bitch was little different. <laughs> it sucks for these guys too, because you could not really... People went out there, they would state their claims and everything, and they all had these ideas of getting individually rich, that they were going out there, they were going to find gold themselves, and they were going to become independently wealthy. But the thing was, is you really could only make money if you were doing this as a group of people mining a particular area. So they would form these mining companies... And then guess what? The only people who made money off of those mining companies were the people who owned the mining companies rather than the workers. You're absolutely right. And and this was this messed up system that developed so quickly. And one of the things they, they did was immediately shift the blame. And this was honestly one of the worst, as we've said, it's, it's always racist and that's the worst part because they had a lot of people that were coming over that had uh, that were insulated. They'd only been exposed to their own community. And now they're they're working with people that have immigrated from Asia, from France, obviously from so much of, of Mexico and South America. Uh, in fact, uh, Australia and, and Hawaii have both had a, a good portion here too. We have Australians there? Australia is too, which is amazing because they've only, they haven't been around long. That kind of shit was going on in Australia. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, those guys came over with their prison numbers still on. Right. (laughs) Australia is probably a clusterfuck. That's crazy. It it was. I mean, it it really spread around the world so much and it it led to, unfortunately, uh, quite a bit of xenophobia. In fact, because people from South America and Mexico had more experience mining. They were better at it. What was so insane about this and something that America has always done is that you've been a part of America for like two years now and you just came over yourself but it's this claim of the immigrants are doing it it's like you're an immigrant you you are an immigrant here yeah you just found out about this. In fact, the, the Californios who had, who had been there, their ancestors had been there for almost 100 years, were grouped in with the Mexican and South American contingent. And as these mining companies grew, as there became less for individual people to get, the blame went very heavily to the Asian population, which was largely Chinese. He could do Tucker Carlson in 1840. <laughs> They're trying to say that we're stealing their land. But really, whose land is it? <laughs> I didn't see anyone standing there when I got there. Does that make it their land because they just happened to be there first? <laughs> I was the one who started mining it. Shouldn't that mean that that makes it mine? These are the questions we have to ask. <laughs> they have the nerve to call us smelly. <laughs> Tell me, why would I bathe myself in a river if I'm just going to get dirty tomorrow? God, I hate that all of this sounds so real. <laughs> <laughs> So in a, a, this continued insane fashion, they introduced the Foreign Miners Tax of 1850, which is one of the first statutes uh, passed by California legislature since becoming a state, which imposed a $20 monthly fee on all foreign miners, which is, again, about actually that 
might be a $20 daily fee. But uh, yeah, I believe it was a $20 daily fee, which is about $500. And I believe all the foreigners got together and they were like, damn, can I live? Well, I mean, yeah, nobody could, could afford this. It was reduced eventually because this was insane and like barely not legal. In fact, shortly before this, there, there was this incident as gold got scarcer. 300 Americans were stranded in Panama and a rumor spread that foreign plunderers had removed $4 million in gold from California and its, quote, true citizens. So at this point, it's still, again, military rule. So this meeting was called by uh, General uh, Persifor F. Smith. Oh, no, that sounds like a meeting that ended in a lynching. Yeah, that's that's not the name you want to hear. It's very it's a very witch trial name. Yeah. So he issues this illegal declaration that any non-citizen who dug for gold on public land would be considered a trespasser. Completely illegal, no justification. Every single American president supports the declaration. And that this sets the, the tone and allows them to eventually set the foreign miners tax. It was reduced and eventually repealed in 1851, but the damage was done. It drove an estimated 10,000 Mexicans from their mines. Guess who it was worse for, though? When? Who was it worse for? <laughs> who was worse for, as it always is, the indigenous people that were already living there. Always. Uh, they were being exploited for their labor. They were being paid almost nothing. And then they were just being removed from digging. They were completely decimated by disease and development, and they were deemed foreigners by the settlers. Like, they literally came there and said, you guys are foreign. And it's just like, fuck you. It was insane. <laughs> it was it was absolutely insane. And the mindset here, this, this Peter Burnett, the first elected governor of California, gives this insane speech where he says, a war of extermination would continue to be waged between the two races until the Indian race becomes extinct. And that inevitable destiny of the race is beyond the power and wisdom of man to avert. You can avert this right now. You are in charge. You can stop this at any time. And, and one of the most horrifying things here is that California had banned slavery. That, that part was good. They, they had decided to not side with the South on this. So they set up a series of laws that allows them to take indigenous people as slaves by calling it apprenticeship. It's an unpaid internship. It, it was it was insane that they they could possibly get away with this. And this was 24 to 27,000 people, uh, uh, indigenous people were taken for slave labor and various loopholes. They said, uh, you know, basically if, if they were con considered unruly, they would be uh, sold off to work. And again, it, it was just slavery. Uh, it was just indigenous people now. And they use these slave loopholes to pretend that it was not the same thing the South was doing. Not only that, but they did a full-on genocide of the indigenous people between 1849 and 1870, and like estimated up to 100,000 indigenous people were murdered. This was not our best look. It was not, and unfortunately, it was like really consistent with everything else we've done, but it was very much a just blame somebody else. And again, the people that had seized power here and had the mining companies found a great way to do it by instead of by just pushing the blame onto other people that were struggling uh, and instead of saying, hey, we're taking all of your gold. It's our fault. But I do think that we have to acknowledge, and I guess this will be part of the in their defense section for me. This will be my defense uh, while they were out there working, they realized that they needed a, a sturdier pant. They needed a sturdier pant to work in. They weren't going to use the dainty fabrics that they had before. They were doing men's work. Yes. And that means they needed a man pant, which is why Levi Strauss invented jeans. My preferred pant that I have worn every day. I don't think anyone has seen me in shorts since Obama was president. <laughs> 
this actually Levi Strauss, of course, again, the people that made the money off of the gold rush were the ones that found an alternative business catering to it in some form. So yeah, Levi Strauss, he takes the fabric from Nîmes, France. He calls it Denim from Nîmes. Um, and, and he turns this uh, denim into jeans and makes an absolute fortune. And uh, yeah, every miner is, of course, buying this for far more money than it should be sold for. So no, there, there were some interesting things that were like just generally positive because that so much of this is a bummer and it's important to, to share the truth. But also one of the things that I found interesting was. But yeah, I, I want to say I want to make make a point to say I don't think the invention of genes offsets the genocide. <laughs> but I'm very thankful that if nothing else, we at least got genes out of it. Right. This is not a comparative factor. How, <laughs> I feel like we're going for a stretch here. Um, but yeah, I, I am. I can be thankful for genes in general, unrelated <laughs> to any of the other issues. But it did come out of this time period and because of the gold rush. Also, one of the things that was just strange was obviously there are the giant sequoias in California, but cameras aren't invented yet. And people don't believe that there are giant sequoias. So they cut down some of these sequoias and just bring them to towns to be like, look at this tree. <laughs> this is a real thing that exists. Look at this tree. I'm just imagining like going from town to town, just being like, fuck you guys. I told you it existed. The big <laughs> tree is real and it's here now. Do you know how hard it is to drag like a 300 foot tree without a car? <laughs> Life sucks so much back then because it was probably a guy who like kept talking about a big tree and then we gave him like a lobotomy and then like <laughs> the, the big tree shows up into town and then we're like, oh fuck, he was right. Oh God, we, we, we ruined that guy. All right, we got to apologize here. <laughs> And so this is uh, the, the gold rush eventually winds down in, in 1955 after this is kind of fully taken over. Wait, I got I got I do got to go back real quick. Andrew, you asked the phrase, do you know how hard it is to lug a sequoia tree without a car? And I'm just going to say right now, you have no idea how hard that is either. Like you said that with a man who with authority and how difficult it was. I can't wrap my head around how that could have possibly worked. I thought you were going the other way because I said that and I was like, it's not going to be a lot easier with the car <laughs> it's not like this is easy under any circumstance how many people died just so they could show that tree off <laughs> just there's a little memorial plaque on the side of the tree that had all the names listed of people died bringing it to town <laughs> there's like really funny things when you read about american history there's always at least like in every chapter of any book there's an excerpt from be like oh a, a british journalist in america had this to say and they'll write this like <laughs> expose on how fucking crazy americans are back for the brits like can you fucking believe the shit they are doing like when we like when two of our senators like fist fought and like hit each other with right games, <laughs> that was a thing where, like a british journalist was like they're beating each other up right yeah i mean what wasn't a congressman almost beaten to death in Congress by another congressman. That happened during the Civil War or right before the Civil War. This happened like in the 1860s. Yeah. I'll also say I love how like so the British were like, guess what the stupid Americans were doing? And then America collectively had to just be like, oh, yeah, well, look at what we're looking at what Florida is doing. Like, we had to create a subset of crazy, like, to not encompass our crazy. I don't think at this point they wouldn't have seen us as, like, incompetent or stupid because we had their fucking back during the Crimean War. And, like, when shit fell apart in Europe, America, like, kind of was, like, getting its shit together and, like, provided them with, like, bullets and horses and shit. There was, like, all this crazy... Shit, they thought Americans were like headstrong and like love to fight. 
like that. So like what they thought about us. There's like a whole passage yeah. where like the Union and the Confederates were serving delegate, sending delegates to London. They sent like two fucking Southern gentlemen. They sent two like charming fucking dudes right. from Louisiana, and the Brits like loved them. They were like, oh my god. So one of them got drunk and caused a ruckus, and then they were like, fuck that. <laughs> it's one of the most interesting things that happened in that like little time. Is like it's like the first couple years of the Civil War, and the South is going to send two of its delegates to London to try to like because we're there's a blockade and the blockade is killing the confederacy because the union was smart and they were like if they can't get supplies and sell cotton they're gonna fall apart yeah if we control the mississippi river then they're fucked exactly so then they they send these two dudes and then on the way the union like uh, army like captures them and then the brits get like super pissed and they're like you can't do that because it was they, he was on a british ship it's fascinating yeah there are guests you can't steal them the gold rush is such an american thing because i don't think it happened i briefly looked this up i don't think anything like this happened it happened with like other substances like i think there were like rushes of like certain countries like things would become useful and like rubber or like cocoa bean i don't know but i'm sure all that God knows how much fucking depressing slavery was going on with that shit. But like, I, I don't think anything, anything like a gold rush has ever happened in another country where like it was gold. It was something, gold is such a fascinating thing because it's like inherently, it comes out of the ground valuable. I was, I was hearing some dude talk about it on YouTube and he was like, that's what's fascinating about like gold or silver is that there's no assigned value to it. Like it's like already like... It's like money that you have to dig for. It's crazy. Because like a crop, you have to like fucking plant. And like you have to make whiskey. You have to do crazy shit to like get these things. It's wild to think about it as just like the terms of we assigned the value to it sure. too. Like it's not even us. Like you can go back to like Rome. Like we were talking about like old cultures, like fucking like they use this current be using as currency for like thousands of years. It's like it's yeah, we don't have to assign value to it. It's like gold. It's like a little brick here. I'll give you this for something. You're right. I mean this it was fascinating and it, it was such a huge thing here that when it was found in other places it never you're right. It never grew the same way, but there was one in, in South Africa where there was a, a boom and I think I think one in Australia as well. That makes sense because they like diamond mines and stuff. Yeah, I'd, I, I think I signed the gold rush to our our like development as a country because it like had like deep like political. You're right. It absolutely did, and it, it was there wasn't one like this ever. There were ones that you know people went to to try and make money off of, but the way this culture developed around it was was very unique. And yeah, I mean, just just absolutely insane. This just changed the face of California first, and then, then the whole country. I mean, not yeah, not just California, but it, it pretty much we pushed it so we had to develop the country you know what i mean like people weren't really interested in it but it moved so many people out there that we had to fill the space practically right <laughs> like we we had to build a train out there along the train we had to build stops on those stops we had to build supplies in towns and everything like it was instrumental in the railroad which we've had an episode on if you want to take a listen to that one but from the railroad it, it filled up the rest of the, the country. And, you know, America has a messed up, bloody, it, you know, it, it looks great on a poster, but it's a fucked up history. It's, it's action packed and it's a <laughs> lot of like, it's fun in the abstract, but it does have the horrible things of just like, oh, well, you know how all this happened? It's like, don't tell me about that. Tell me about the fun gold parties we had. Right. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. When when Sorab uh, first first pitched the idea of Civil War, I thought this is is 
fascinating. I'm worried I, it will be too depressing. It'll be way too depressing, but, and it's just it's it's also like something that's just been talked about. Also, I think like three dudes who none of which are black should not be dissecting the Civil War responsibly. <laughs> that, that's that is, very true. It's a very good point, and it's it's it really interesting because like the thing I was talking about, like that thing that shits on the Ken Burns. There's all the stuff that talks about that documentary and is like if you fucking look at the time that they spoke to like white historians versus mm-hmm. black historians and you're like well that's right. it's, it's like a huge difference and then there's like this dude in the documentary his name is shelby foot and he's just like at first glance he comes off as this like southern like cool dude but then you like listen to some of the shit that he's saying you're like oh wait that's like not a good way to look at the civil war right <laughs> he's not saying anything absurdly like he's not like slavery was good and it should uh, the south should have won he's very like uh oh these these southern gentlemen were just doing their there's a term there's actually a term we named there's a term like scholars use for this where they're like this way of looking at the civil war is called this and then they call the the good one where you're just like look at all the shitty things like i think it's called like the realism view where you're like oh no it was terrible it was not as good it was there was some gallantry kind of but it was still all very (laughs) like very sad No, you're, you're right. And this it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I want to talk about just the fascinating stuff, but also it's important to cover like, oh, no, this was this was all bad. This was so much worse than you think. The coolest part of the documentary is it talks about like the surrender of like the end of the war. And I think it happened in um, Appomattox Courthouse and like the Confederacy had like fallen apart and they had like old men and like little kids and like no one had shoes. And it was like one tiny little battalion and like fucking God, you guys said his name earlier. What's his name? The guy, the Confederate general lee yeah Yeah. and he like he just knows it's over and he like starts crying and he's like i'm gonna go surrender and his men are crying and then he like goes and then he's wearing his like best outfit and then they say like ulysses s grant showed up to the courthouse and he was wearing like battle clothes he had like mud and like fucking like covered it they smelled (laughs) like gunpowder and they like shook hands and they remembered each other from west point and they like talked about West Point and then they like surrendered and then they like went on their way. And then I remember seeing the documentary and I was like, I wonder if it was just as cool as that. And I looked into it and like all like everyone who wrote about it was like, it's the craziest thing that's ever happened in America. Where like these two <laughs> dudes just like showed up and then they were like, it's over. They had a moment of just like, Robert <laughs> from class. <laughs> What are you doing? Have I been finding you this whole time? That's crazy. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant rules. He gets, I, I'm kind of annoyed that they pin all the gallantry on the Confederates because the U.S. Grant was so fascinating as a human being. And like, people don't talk about him as much. And it's so frustrating because he like kind of failed a lot and then like kind of started Well, yeah, ass. Reconstruction kind of ruined his uh, reputation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good generals make bad presidents is is the historical saying when it comes to Andrew Jackson and Grant and, and all the rest. But anyways, I think we're we're good, right? We we've covered we've covered the gold rush. Right. You know, 1855 it's over except in 1859 everyone finally admits it's over when suddenly there's a silver strike in Nevada. So yeah, that is the gold rush. That's everything. That felt good. That <laughs> and and I also learned a lot about fucking the Civil War. We we covered so much here. However, that is everything about the gold rush, but that does leave us with in their defense where we each have to somehow defend this stuff that we just talked trash about for the past hour. What do you guys have in their defense? Who wants to go first? I already did mine. It was blue jeans, baby. Blue jeans, baby. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so Rev, what do you think? Do you have anything in their defense of the gold rush? And that's a good question because I've been thinking about all this stuff because I love American history and I feel like I'm always on the ropes because I like, I don't know, man. Like if you're like foreign and brown and you're like, if you're like, hey, man, I like, I love America. Everybody who's woke is going to get mad at you and they're like, why? All this crazy, horrible shit happened here. And you're like, all right, I'm sorry. And then if you tell <laughs> someone who's on the other side, you're like, yeah, you know, I like American history. America's cool. And then they'll be like, yeah, America rules, except all these foreigners. And then you're like, whoa, dude, like, chill out. <laughs> so like, I feel like I'm in the middle of like being like a patriot and like enjoy. No, I'm not a patriot. I don't have a flag or anything, but I'll like defend. I think American history is fascinating. It very much is. But it's, you can't really defend it. That's the point is you can't, yeah. there's really no defense for it because I don't know. Like a lot of like horrible shit happened. I think the only defense of it is that we can talk about it now openly. And that's what's kind of cool about America. Like we can kind of like kind of look back on our shit and be like, oh, we probably shouldn't do that again. And also like, I don't know. I think we're very honest about our history, which is the defense of it. Is that like kind of being able to openly look this shit up on the internet and sit here in a podcast where we kind of like, I don't know. I feel like if this was a, feel like in a weird country, if you did this, like they would uh, knock on your door and like arrest you. I don't know. That's fair. That's actually very true. We, we can shit on our country. We're at a point where you can shit on your country and it's fine. I don't even think we're shitting on it. I think we're just, if we're just talking about, acknowledging it. yeah, we're just acknowledging a, like a, we're, we're doing the thing where we're not looking at something purely through romantic glasses. Kind of like what we talked about earlier of like, you can't look at anything like that. There's all, you gotta be acknowledged like the gross shit that happened. No, I mean, I think you can accomplish far more by saying, Hey, this was bad. Let's not do it again. As long as we keep trying to say, you know, this wasn't that terrible. Dissecting yeah. it is interesting and just being like, here's how, here's the, here's the minute by minute of like what went down and like where we landed. Absolutely. And yeah, it can have value for being interesting, even if it was terrible. So yeah, the defense of it is that we're not going to get arrested and thrown in. A- yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, what about you? Well, I say blue jeans. So Rav says that you're not going to be fucking facing a military tribunal for speaking out against the state and for being able to look with clear eyes at your own history. Andrew, what, what do you say is the good of the gold rush? I'm definitely not going to defend the, the behavior, but what I do want to defend is the attempt of the gold rush itself, because something we brought up earlier here today was the John Stewart packet, where every comedian in the world was rushing to get their submission to, to write for John Stewart's new show. If this only existed in California, you would have had an influx of the dumbest comedians in the world that want this so bad they are going to abandon their homes to go write for john stewart i would be there with them so you think it's a pack instead of having to send a packet you yeah. had to get on a covered wagon and transport your family you know your your daughter's got measles she's coughing up blood two of your horses died you had to eat them you're almost to new york and you're gonna mine you're gonna work on john stewart's comedy mine <laughs> That is, yeah, I, I'm saying I understand the intent. I understand the desire. We worked on those packets and we got to do it from our bedrooms and that part was much easier and it was so nice. It's like if Jon Stewart like hired Cormac McCarthy to help him like, find <laughs> a new writer, he'd be like, yeah, do that. <laughs> Put him on horses yeah. and make him. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Something that's more universal is we had our own little fucking gold rush a few weeks ago with the GameStop shit. Like everyone was trying to get a piece of that oh, fucking God, pie. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah, people just went all in on this. It was like, okay, there's a lot of money here. I've got to get some of it. And some people did. Most people did not. Yeah, the people that 
work the system did, and then they left everyone else holding the bag, which is exactly what happened with the gold rush. It is. I just did the PB... Ah, fuck, Ken Burns. I'm going to bring up Ken Burns again. I just did the Ken <laughs> Burns Prohibition podcast, and he likens Prohibition to the gold rush, uh, the amount of money people made quickly. I don't think it boomed any populations, but it, like, everybody was just making fucking money. I know, when people were drinking booze, they were booming that population. I, <laughs> I hadn't heard of it, but that's a really good point, yeah, and especially because so much of that was underground and calculated. And then it just it just led into organized crime. It just became, like, fucking the mafia and shit. Of course, I mean, yeah. when it comes down to it, we just love get-rich-quick schemes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very American thing, and it's, like, kind of, like, I'm going to use the word toxic and be like annoying, but like, it's kind of like this gross thing of like, if you just put in the effort, you never right. know. But in the meantime, you're like making other people rich. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're, you're right. And that somehow has persisted throughout all of history. And every time we do a, a deep American history cut, it ends up being the, yeah, the exact same con over and over again. But in their defense, you know, I would do it for Jon Stewart. So what do I know? <laughs> Get on a wagon right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I think that does it for us today. Thank you all for listening. And thank you, Sora, for coming on. Uh, as, as you know, I've been a fan of yours for, for quite a while. I know we worked together before, but it was so nice to, to talk with you again. So, uh, guys, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, please uh, subscribe. Give us five stars. It helps us out so much. We also have a Patreon to help us keep this running. We're going to have the link down in the show notes. Uh, and we're going to be back next week. We'll hope you'll join us then. See you next week, Wen. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.